0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm so excited to talk to Rebecca McKenna about don't Forget the Girl. Welcome, Rebecca.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. This book, just the title of it alone is so exciting, you know, because the little subtitle says, we never remember the dead girls, we never forget the killers. And I find that that's very true. You know, in this world, we get this thing where we, we put killers up on a high pedestal and we talk about them and we don't talk about their victims,
1: Mm-hmm. yes, well,
0: absolutely. Will you do me a favor and read the last paragraph of the book and then we'll get into our chat.
1: Yes, I will. By the time you're all standing on the sidewalk, the rain is coming down fast and hard. You run toward the cafeteria and you don't need to glance over your shoulder. You know Bree and Chelsea are right behind you.
0: I found that when I got to the end of the book, this really spoke to me in the fact that these three friends, Abby, Chelsea, and Bree, were that close. You know, when you have really close friends, you don't have to look over your shoulder and wonder where they are. And that's what you give us. So give us a little idea who the three women are at the beginning of the book or how they are throughout the whole book, really.
1: Yeah, so we have we follow three friends, um, and we follow them in two different timelines. So in the past, in two thousand and three, they are freshmen in college: um, Abby, Bree, and Chelsea. And then we also follow two of them um, twelve years later in twenty fifteen. And Abby is presumed to be the victim of a now notorious serial killer who's about to be executed. Um, Bree and Chelsea have because of that and other things kind of gone through trauma and they're sort of trying to cope, not always doing it in the best way. Um, And also just sort of watching Abby's memory be overshadowed by kind of this true crime circus.
0: So speak a little bit about trauma. I mean, honestly, when you lose someone, a friend, uh, a loved one, a relative through perceived murder or murder, Mm -hmm. um, how that affects characters or how you feel it affects characters?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I was drawn to writing about trauma and grief, and this just is sort of that on such an intense and magnified scale. Um, You obviously have the loss of someone who was close to you, but then you have it in a way that would be so scary um you would feel very unsafe you know this perpetrator kind of took her in the dead of night kind of thing um so there's this sort of safety aspect but then also the trauma of just sort of watching what the media can do um never exactly being able to you know we never forget the ones that we love but then you're sort of having to watch People forget them. Um, And Mm -hmm. I I can't even imagine the anger of seeing the person that you suspect harmed them um, getting all this attention and almost being glamorized.
0: You know, that is one thing that I've noticed over the years. You know, we have these documentaries or we have these uh, series on television Mm -hmm. about a killer or perceived killer, and what we you know they get glorified. And I will say I've watched several of them myself. I mean yeah. they're interesting, but we do forget that it's it's a domino effect. Let's say that the person is guilty of killing someone. It's not just about the person they killed, it's about everyone whether it's the victim's family or the perpetrator's mm-hmm. family. And that causes such angst, which was so wonderful to read in your book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it is something that I think that it's hard to navigate, or at least I feel it's hard to navigate. How long do you talk about a victim? How ingrained is that? So speak a little bit about how your characters deal with this in the book.
1: Yeah, I mean, a thing that I think has been interesting when when I have spoken with um, loved ones of violent crime victims that then you know somehow became kind of a more of a true crime case. It, obviously, there's such complicated feelings, and on the one hand, this is sensationalizing um, that kind of happens as we talked about the glamorizing of the killers, that's really hard. But on the other hand, if they haven't ever caught the perpetrator or they're not exactly sure who did it, true crime can be sort of this last resort of, well, it's attention. And if we get this attention, maybe we can have answers. And so I did kind of try to, um, you know, bring that aspect of it in as well, where it, it has to be so complicated to try to navigate, you know, you're almost having to leverage the memory of your loved one to try to get answers and what a, what a difficult and painful sort of calculus that would be.
0: I agree. And I think that, you know, especially when someone hasn't been found. So now we're with, if someone has been found, if the victim has been found, you get to know this, but if they're, if they're missing, that adds an entirely different layer to it because we are now as you say, we're going to rip that Band-Aid off and we're going to dig in the wound, trying to find an answer that we may or may not get.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are so many people who they never get that answer. And I just, I I can't imagine how much I tried to obviously imagine in the book, you know, how much that would eat away at you um, over time and how, you know, and you see it, especially with the character of Brie, this sort of idea of like well i'm gonna accomplish these things or be this person once i get answers i just have to get answers that's the thing that's going to fix me and i think we all do that with different things in our lives we say if i achieve this or if i you know do whatever then i'm gonna be this like whole person and i can imagine it must be really hard to try to ever set that down someplace and sort of you know yeah,
0: And I think, you know, as a human being, if this is has been your goal for a while, so these characters have lived with this idea for 12 years, then I think what happens, you know, in real life, at year nine, you can't just say, oh, I give up, because mm-hmm. you've already invested so much in it. And that, yeah. um, you know, I loved reading about it, hope I never experienced it in real life, mm-hmm. because it's just, it's heartbreaking, because at what point can you move on? Because it right. becomes part of your life. Also, you put, you give us some, some secrets that remain hidden for a long time. Uh, that was really interesting to read. And so speak to a little bit about secrets and, and maybe even we might even call it lies, because sometimes when yeah. you when you omit things, it can be a lie. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I think we see that in the Chelsea uh, storyline. she's uh, omitted such a huge part of her relationship with Abby to the point that it really does kind of become a lie for her. And I think um, that particular storyline was interesting. Um, The book was originally a linked short story collection um, and almost, none of that, like the actual writing made its way into the published novel, but it was in one of those short stories when, um, you know, Abby and Chelsea kind of first, you know, had, had like a romantic encounter. And it was a really interesting moment to have the characters kind of do something outside of, you know, my control. They, they felt like fully formed people. And I thought, oh, okay, I really, I understand a different layer Um, to this friendship and to Chelsea's grief because of that.
0: Yes. And I think that, you know, when you've, when you have a relationship with someone that is secret, then when, if, if you lose that person, I mean, it is layer after layer after layer on an onion because it just doesn't get any better. I had um, mentioned before we started recording that I found that I feel like there were, Quite a few predators in this book and i don't Mm. it's important because i use that word specifically with you the author but it's important to realize that there's different layers of that so was that purposeful
1: i don't know that it was purposeful but i did definitely notice it after a (laughs) while Um, right i mean we have kind of like the central one you know there's a killer um but then At a certain point, I I think one kind of predatory situation um, is Brie, she's a college professor, and we learned very early in the book that she has a relationship with one of her own students. And I'm a college professor. I have always found that really abhorrent, um, kind of this violation of, um, you know, the authority that you have, the power Mm -hmm. dynamics But I often find myself in writing, I want to write about someone who does something I think is awful or that I can't understand because I want to see if I can write myself to sort of a place of empathy. And I think, you know, it still wasn't the greatest coping coping mechanism for her, but I do with sort of the past and another predator, we sort of see what her, um, you know, romantic life was like when she was 18. And we kind of see, okay, well, I see why she would have some trouble with um, <laughs> yeah. power dynamics.
0: Yeah. Yes, because I mean she's a victim in several different ways herself, and then as human life happens, she becomes you know the violator in in their relationship. Yeah. And and I think that I agree with you. I think that when as a writer, I would assume you want sympathetic and characters or characters we can empathize with. Uh, it doesn't make them perfect it makes them human, which, you know, because it does happen. You know, I remember years ago, I worked with um, some older women and there was a teacher in Mm -hmm. Washington state who was having an affair with one of her students. And these older women who were from Cuba said to me, there's nothing wrong with that. And I was like, oh, and what they said was, you know, in our country, that age difference was no big deal. And we don't, See it the same way you see it, and yeah. I, I think there again that's our culture
1: versus mm-hmm.
0: someone else's culture.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I,
0: I was sort of blown away by it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, I expected uh, from a I expected women to say to me, "Oh, this is just really horrible," and they were like, "Well, it, right. it's not really that bad." And so, therefore, when I was reading Bree, I mean, I we saw Brie's onion layers again uh, and yeah. you know she she needed comfort and finding that comfort yeah. she certainly had been used in the past yeah i love yeah, absolutely i loved of course since i do a podcast that you have podcast in in the book so that was fun
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad yeah yeah you know um that was like not, it wasn't in there um, until quite a little bit later on in kind of the drafting process. Um, and then it kind of felt like it has to be a podcast. You know? It has to be the, the, the true crime podcast. You know? Of course, so, yeah. of course,
0: because there's
1: more than one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, man. And that was the thing trying to come up with a fictional um, podcast name. There are so many true crime podcasts. It was very difficult to find one that wasn't taken. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. I, I love that towards the end of the book, we see some things that happen um, with Chelsea and her mom and stuff and Abby. And I. it's just, it really, it goes out and it comes back together. We start out with three mm. really close friends and we end up, with two remaining friends, but really the third one is, is there as well. Um, yeah. And I love the fact that you've got all different kinds of layers. What's the most fun character that you wrote in this book?
1: Oh, interesting. I think, I don't know if I would say a particular character, but I loved writing the interstitials that are kind of like, um, in between the main perspective um, chapters, we have these interstitials that are kind of excerpts from different kinds of true crime. So there's a Reddit forum, we have a podcast transcript, you know, true crime books, all of those things. And those were really fun um, to write. I used to Uh, very, very briefly was a local news reporter. And then I did kind of corporate writing and I did some ghost writing. And so I've always loved just kind of imitating these different voices and genres. And so that was really, really fun.
0: It is fun. And it also gives the reader a minute to sort of catch their breath because there there are some heavy things in this book, but rightfully so, because you've written about things that are heavy but it's yeah. at the same time, it's very comforting. And I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Mm-hmm. So are you
0: touring with it at all? Are you yeah.
1: Going- so I, um, I just got back from Iowa city. We had the launch um, there on Tuesday and that was really fun to be one, just like back to a city I really love, um, but also where the book is actually set. Um, and then tonight I'll be reading in, in Indianapolis and then have a couple more events kind of in the, great central Indiana area.
0: I love it. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Do you have a website or social media you would like to share?
1: I do. So you can find me at Rebecca And then I also am on Twitter and Instagram. And my handle is at Rebecca McCanna um, on both of those. So come, come say hi.
0: <laughs> yes, please, please. Again, the book is don't forget the girl by Rebecca McCanna. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. This was wonderful.
0: Thank you. Hang on for me just a second. Okay. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan.